Welcome to the house. We hope this podcast blesses you and encourages you. Enjoy. Guys, per usual, I am very nervous. For some reason, it makes me feel better to just tell you. (laughs) So I'm just letting you know. Uh, Let's pray in. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak at the house tonight, Lord. I just ask that you calm my nerves. I ask that you speak through me and anoint my words. Less of me, more of you. In Jesus' name we pray. All right. What's up, people? (laughs) So tonight I wanted to talk to you guys about relationships. Um, This is something that God has really put on my heart. Um, It's called The Company We Keep. So I know a couple of people uh, have shared on here kind of what the pandemic has done for us and our perspective on life, um, especially quarantine, having all distractions moved aside to really see what's important. And for me this year, uh, what I see a lot clearer is relationships. Now, one of the things uh, that the pandemic has done is wiped everything away. And so at this point, we kind of get to make the decision on what we allow back into our lives, including people. A couple weeks ago, Danny spoke about putting distractions aside and being intentional with this year and really positioning ourselves to allow God to make it the best year yet. And Chip spoke about the great heights that we would reach once we identified the rocks on our wings that are holding us down. And so I ask you tonight, what if some of those things holding us down are people? And what if those distractions that are holding us back from our best selves are people we refuse to let go? Now, 2021 is still in the beginning stages of the year, and I truly want this to be the best year yet for all of us. But the only way we're going to get there is if we identify the distractions that are holding us back and evaluate what and who are allowing to influence us. So cleaning out toxic friendships in your life. There's a saying that my mother used to say growing up, and that is, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And I used to tell myself and her that I wasn't as bad as my friends and I wasn't, (laughs) but I constantly found myself in turmoil and chaos and trouble. And for me, one of the hardest lessons is letting go of people that no longer serve me. I had a friend that I met in sales right around the time that Daniel and I got saved. And to hide her identity, we're going to call her Sally. (laughs) Now, Sally was pretty and she was fun and wild. And because she was always available to hang out, I deemed her as a good friend. Now, I ignored the fact that I had outgrown Sally because I was going to church weekly and getting involved. And I also ignored the fact that most nights out with her ended in chaos. I accepted that because she was a good time, she was someone that was adding to my life. But, But Sally continued to constantly be around drama and always had some sort of problem that needed to be fixed. Now, my husband would constantly tell me that she wasn't a good friend and that she was trouble and that her friendship would only lead me where I had just come from. But I didn't listen. (laughs) It wasn't until my wedding day that I realized Sally hadn't shown. A girl that I called my best friend. 
The next day, I got a nonchalant text from Sally that said, hey, hope yesterday was amazing. I woke up hungover and forgot it was your wedding day. My bad. <laughs> now, sadly, I must learn some lessons the hard way, and losing Sally as a friend was one of them. Sally wasn't equally yoked with me, and we were headed in two very different directions. And Sally did not support my lifestyle in any way. I ignored all the signs of toxic behavior and frankly allowed my needs in the friendship to go to the wayside. <clears throat> but Sally did teach me that I didn't have standards for the friendships I welcomed into my life. And she also taught me that I wanted deeper connections and more meaningful friendships the more I had walked with the Lord. I want to read a couple of scriptures here that kind of helped me when I started the process of eliminating toxic relationships in my life. <clears throat> we look at Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. The companion of fools will suffer harm. <clears throat> and so I ask you, who are you walking with and where are you going? Because I had to stop, <clears throat> pardon me, I had to stop and ask myself this question in every relationship in my life. And it's okay if we're not going to the same destination. I still love you, but this is my stop. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Now, like I said before, I used to tell my mom that, you know, I wasn't with boys like my girlfriends were. I wasn't drinking at the party. I wasn't doing the drugs that were around me. But it still corrupted my morals. And after a while, I was doing all of those things, if not leading my friends into doing them. Now my faith runs strong and I can face anything, but there's no need for me to be put in certain situations any longer. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Now, we must be equally yoked in order to grow in our relationships. I outgrew Sally and stayed in the friendship only to be hurt in the end. Now, Sally didn't have the capacity at that time to be the friend that I needed her to be. And that does not make her a bad person. It just means that I needed to move on. So I wrote a couple of bullet points that kind of wrap this portion up. Um, I put that we need to learn the expiration date uh, when it's up on relationships, romantic and friendship. Um, it's okay to evolve and change and outgrow relationships that no longer serve us. And it's okay to start now to evaluate the relationships in your life. Now, if you're like me and grew up around a lot of toxic relationships, you may not even recognize what that looks like. So I wanted to quickly give a list of some toxic characteristics and kind of what to avoid in relationships um, and obviously, you know, evaluate the relationships in your life. So number one, qualities of a toxic relationship is control. One person making all the decisions or someone even trying to isolate you. Number two, hostility. Someone who antagonizes and picks fights and who cannot calmly communicate. Number three, dishonesty. Someone that co constantly keeps things from you or even someone that steals. Number four, disrespect. Making fun of someone's opinions or interests or not honoring someone's emotions. Number five, dependence. 
partner or friend who may threaten if their relationship ends and says things like, "Who who's going to want you or you can't live without me? And number six, sexual, physical, or verbal violence. Anything that makes you feel unsafe and anything that violates your personal boundaries. Now, if we are made in the image of God, and we know that God is love, then we can look at that list and know that none of those qualities are love. Now, if you are experiencing any of these, that's what this house is for. That's why we pay for a text service for our congregation to be able to text in at any time of the day or night. And we are here to continue to edify one another and become greater. And I just want to reassure you that 2021, we truly are in this together. Finding healthy relationships. Now, when I first got saved, I had to ask myself, how do we know what to look for in friendships if I've never experienced one myself? So without having the answer, <laughs> I jumped into a handful of friendships with people at the old church I was at. Through the mix of friends we made through the church, Danny and Dominique were among them. Now, when I first met Danny and Dominique, I admired them for their position because I didn't know them personally. The level of excellence uh, that each one of them put into their worship and ministry was something that I saw and that I loved. Now, over time, I realized that Danny and Dominique embodied numerous things that I wanted in my life. A happy marriage, a passion for ministry, loved by their friends, and a zest for growth and seeking new experiences. Now, not only did they become the embodiment of everything I was working towards on my walk, they also became our best friends. A year into our walk, when Daniel proposed to me, I instantly asked myself, what is marriage? What does a healthy one look like? And how do I know what to even desire in a healthy relationship if I had never seen an example of one? The first two years of my relationship with Daniel was helping his mother through a dark depression after his father kicked her out of the family home. And two years after that, we were helping my mother, who uh, my father up and left without turning back. So marriage was never something that I wanted because I had never seen anyone do it and be happy or healthy. Now, I say all that to say this. Surround yourself with people that are getting it right, that have blossoming friendships, that are in happy marriages. Find them and surround yourself with them. Daniel and I have spent countless hours with Danny and Dom crying and having honest conversations, holding each other accountable and continuing to grow. Now, our friendship with Danny and Dominique is something that we constantly work on. We sit in the uncomfortable and find solutions on how to move forward. We support each other and lift each other up. We honor one another and it's the closest thing that I have found to God's love in people. I was so attracted to how Danny and Dominique designed their lives, how good of friends they were, and that they were people of their word, that they showed up. A couple that had figured out how to do ministry, business, and marriage flawlessly, and people that are constantly running after God's heart. You know, I love the fact that as Christians, we call this our walk, because walking takes motion and direction. 
And we have found friends that are moving and that are walking this out with us. Now we have a community here of people that have figured it out. People that are ahead of you in this game called life. And I encourage you tonight to reach out, to connect, to ask questions, because otherwise, what is this for? I mean, why are you here tonight? Why did God bring you here this evening? Were you meant to share something that you went through and overcame so that someone else feels seen? Or are you alone and you hopped on tonight to be with a community? Good, because <laughs> that's what we're here for. And I hope that everyone utilizes this space. I was reading an article um, in the Christian Science Journal, and it's just two sentences, but I just thought it was so poetic poetic and beautiful how they put into words what a healthy uh, relationship looks like. It says, good company, precious and joy giving results from one's expression of God, divine love in daily life, unselfish interest, the sharing of ideas that enrich and uplift Mutual trust and other worthy traits blending harmoniously like musical tones makes up the symphony of good company. That's what I want in my relationships. I want to see someone's love for God in their daily life, their unselfish interests. I mean, the sharing of ideas that enrich and uplift, like that gets me so excited. And then mutual trust. I just wanted to put that in there because I thought it was so beautiful how they explained what good company should be. Now, just like for the toxic uh, behaviors, I did want to give you a quick list of healthy characteristics to look for in relationships. Um, because if I'm being honest, if we've never experienced what that feels like, then we're going to continue to surround ourselves with chaos and trouble because it's what we know. So number one, mutual respect. Number two, trust. Number three, honesty and compromise. Number four, individuality. Number five, good communication. Number six, anger control. Seven, problem solving. Number eight, understanding. Number nine, self-confidence. Number 10, being a role model. And number 11, healthy boundaries. There's a couple of Bible verses I also wanted to follow up about um, healthy relationships. And obviously, if you go to the word, there is so much more that I could have brought you tonight. But I brought you just a couple that I love about um, healthy relationships. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5 says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand in it, its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Uh, James 1.19, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And then the last one, Romans 14.19 let us follow after things which make for peace and things in which we may build up one another. And I have like a million more Bible verses that go along with that, but I had to cut it a little short. The last 
thing that I wanted to talk to you guys tonight about. Um, we talked about eliminating uh, toxic relationships. We talked about what healthy relationships look like. Um, but the two most important relationships I feel are a relationship with yourself and a relationship with God. Now, I know I've told this story before when I dropped Daniel off for the last time at rehab. And for me, it was the lowest and loneliest point in my life. Um, I had been evicted from our apartment. I quit my job. I moved back with my mother. I sold our nightlife business. I had no one and nothing. Um, my body was physically giving out because I was going through such heartbreak. Um, and I wasn't part of a church yet, so I did not know God. And if I'm being honest, it took every ounce of my being not to commit suicide um, during that time. It was hard. But I found strength in myself and I'd sit in front of the mirror and tell myself, you're beautiful and you're worthy and you can get through this. I had to be my own friend since I had no one else and I had to pick myself up by my bootstraps to get to get through it. It wasn't until I was saved and heard God verbally and physically felt his presence that I realized all along I never needed to do it alone. I chose to. Now, having a relationship with God has been the most life-changing, eye-opening experience of my life. I have never felt so confident in myself because I know that I'm not doing this alone and that I never have to do this alone again like I used to. Like I said before, if God is love, then what is the greatest form of self-love we can show ourselves? And that is a relationship with him. So how do we do that? Simple. I put together a couple steps here to make it super easy on ways to have a relationship with God. Uh, number one, I put prayer. Now, praying does not have to be complicated. I pray first thing in the morning, either in the shower or the first uh, moment that I wake up and lay in bed. It always starts with thanks and it always is an honest conversation with him. Um, a little side note, but I was just gifted a prayer journal and I've been using it for about three weeks now. And it is amazing to see God move because sometimes we forget what we prayed about. You know, sometimes we forgot that we asked for this big prayer. And so for me, you know, going back and seeing, you know, basically it's like a to-do list for God and being able to check it off, all the things that he's been doing, it's been amazing. So Praying for me has always been, I've always had a good prayer life, but that prayer journal really took it um, kind of a step further. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray with ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Number two with having a relationship with God, I put is transparency. Now, if he already knows everything, <laughs> why not be honest with him and yourself? You know, let's have big prayers and big expectation for God to move in our lives because we're being honest about where we're at now. 1 John 
one nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, number three, get into the word. Read your Bible, people. Not only are you going to fall more in love with Jesus, but there are endless outlines and answers on how we should be living our lives according to scripture. It also gives us what kind of relationships we should be allowing back into them as well. 3 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The last one that I would like to close with is community. You need to get around the right people that edify you, that uplift you, and that are walking in the same direction that you are. If you need help, start here. I encourage you after today to reach out to someone that you know has been through something that you're going through. We all have stories. We all have experiences that we can share to encourage one another about how we've overcome them. Tonight, I'm going to read one more scripture, and then I'm going to put the phone number back into the chat. If you want to connect with us, or if you're trying to connect with someone else in this community, I encourage you to reach out. That is what this space was designed for, because we are not meant to do life alone. And I want to give everyone here that's shown up consistently kudos because this shows me that you want more and that you're eager to grow and learn and propel forward with the rest of us. And I'm just super proud of the diversity that we have in this group. And I just know that it really is going to be the best yet, uh, year yet. So I wanted to end with uh, the verse Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another.